For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Do you bleed green? Are you an ultimate Eagles football fan? Well, you're in the right place. Well, you're in the right place. <laughs> This is Birds 365, hosted by the new Mac and Mac, Jody McDonald and John McMullen. Here we go, here we go. Who collectively have covered and talked about more than 50 plus years of Eagles football. Kick off your day with Birds 365. You'll get debate. We love to argue. You'll get the real story from inside the locker room. And you'll hear from some of the great football minds from around the region. You're about to become an Eagles insider. Get in the game. Join Jody Mack and Johnny Mack and join the football community that flocks to Birds 365. Birds 365 starts right now. Welcome to the NFL. Let's go! Let's go! Go! Is a Wednesday morning get together here on Bird 365. You got your Mac and Mac guys, John McMullen and Jody McDonald here to talk about the undefeated Philadelphia Eagles for the next couple hours. Johnny Mac, how you feeling this morning? I'm doing well. How are you, Jody? I'm doing better than well. I have to admit something. Uh-oh, I, here we go. I, I cheated this morning. Oh. Every morning I get up and 29 out of 30 days, I have cereal for breakfast. It's just easy. It's quick. I grab a bar, come downstairs. I start to prep to join you here on Birds 365. And I uh, split my cereal. I have heart healthy Cheerios, half a bowl. And then I have some kind of cereal that I probably shouldn't eat that's got too much sugar on it. And I've got three or four different boxes and I just like kind of rotate them. But I put the Cheerios in there every day to try and make myself feel good about there eating we go. well. I like the Cheerios. I eat the Cheerios. I like the ones with the hearts. And by the way, the, the one heart healthy. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. That's what I have they, every day. Yeah. Today, I had sugared cereal and sugared cereal. Wow. I, I was just in too good a mood after the Phillies went in game one of the NLCS. Your truly was on the air till two o'clock in the morning. So a little bit of a uh, short turnaround. So I said, you know, the extra uh, talking myself and the extra cereal helped me get through the show today. Don't worry about the coffee, but that extra sugar on the cereal get you going. So I went uh, fruity pebbles with marshmallows. Fruity pebbles. Yes. I'm surprised your wife lets that in the house. Oh, See, that's I, how... I, I purchased it for myself. Oh, there we go. 
and yeah. uh, Lucky Charms. I'm a marshmallow guy. I like marshmallows in my cereal. Uh, so so no cut in half with the uh, hard healthy Cheerios today. Pure sugar. So I'm up. I'm pumped. Good. I'm ready to talk Eagles football with you for I the need, next two hours. I need guy. that. I need that energy. I need you to pick me up. Uh, I got it. In yeah, some drove. of these baseballs, some of these baseball games. Ooh, they take a long time, but it's well, uh, last night didn't. Last night was quick. No, they had, they had I, I was, four friggin' hits for no. the entire game between well, both you know, teams. I'm like I'm I'm a Yankees guy, so I'm usually watching the Yankees games, and they never even put the ball in the play, which drives me crazy. I mean, I I, I don't enjoy the modern game, but the Phillies, by the way, are built for the playoffs. I mean, they got the the top level of the starting rotation. Correct. They got the power. I mean, that's all you do in modern. You hit home runs or you strike out, and you need good starting pitching. Now, the bullpen has been holding up. If you have all three, you're you're ready to go. You're and ready. the Phillies ready are getting get that kind of pitching from the back end of the bullpen. Both of the guys after Wheeler went seven, which uh, we debated on the air. Oh, should have never taken them out. I'm not second-guessing what Rob Thompson is doing these days. Every button he pushes seems to work for him. So, well, it's easy when, so, you, when your so. starter goes seven and gives up one hit. Did he give up one hit? I believe. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's yeah, I mean, one hit. I mean, yeah. I, what, 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 that's that's it. That's the, you know, they should have left him in there to be honest. Um, but except, except they didn't need to. No, they didn't need to in hindsight, but when somebody's Throwing a one hitter through seven and he's at eighty something pitches. I mean, yeah, you know, come on. Uh, I, I got, but I got to, I got to leave him in there until there's a base runner at least. The two uh, relievers uh, did not give up a hit either. They came in through their clean innings. Yeah, they had an error in the ninth inning that made it kind of interesting, but uh, certainly Alvarado was able to get the last two out. So. Rob Thompson, once again, tip of the cap. Even even when it seems to be a questionable call, the results come in and you find out and, it's not and, a question. And by the way, it's not even questionable by the modern baseball thinking. I mean, you get the guy out, but yeah, I'm kind of old school in that approach. I mean, if somebody's pitching lights out, I'm not touching them. I'm, let him finish. If he can finish, let him finish. Understood. Uh, but uh, Wheeler, because of the injury that he had late in the season, had not gotten through seven innings in months. Months since the last time he yeah, got Yeah, I know. And that's not gotten to it, the eight. You know. so. And I'm used to, I'm going back to, yeah, I'm not. Yeah, Tom Seaver wasn't on the hill last night. Yeah, Catfish Tom Hunter Seaver, was not pitching last Catfish night. Catfish Hunter, Man. Don Drysdale, yeah, like no, 30 no, something complete games. Yeah, this is I mean. MLB 2022 where things have changed. And things have changed for the Philadelphia Eagles. That they've gotten off to a six and zero start. They're not going to lose this week. I'm guaranteeing you. You want a bold projection? You want a hot take? The Philadelphia Eagles will be undefeated uh, when we do Birds three sixty five next week as well, because that's, they are not playing. It is the bye week, uh, and you had a chance here from Nick Sirianni on his Monday uh, gathering, and the coordinators yesterday uh, know that they're going to keep it pretty much buttoned up, but. Uh, learn anything of consequence from either of the coordinators who, who both, again, uh, check the results. You can have nitpicking issues with the coordinators if you want. Here's the bottom line. They're 6-0. and They're highly ranked on both offense and defense. Learn anything from the uh, coordinators yesterday, J-Mac? 
Not really. You know, I had some work being done at the house, so I couldn't be there live. So I was just listening in. I wanted to ask Jonathan Gannon about the tackling because, you know, I've been doing my own self-scout of this team. And and I think, uh, you know, going through the first six games, the, the one issue that keeps popping up is tackling. They're not a good tackling team. Um, and I wanted to ask him about that, but I didn't get the opportunity. Um uh, but, I mean, overall, uh, there's this narrative going around, I think, that, you know, the Eagles haven't played a complete game, and what if they play a complete game? Well, nobody plays a complete game, honestly. Nobody. Uh, it, it, perfection is that nebulous standard that everybody strives for, but you can't reach it. Uh, I've said all along, you know, 6-0 and is 6-0 and contextually. This is This is a very good team. Obviously, top five offense, top five defense. We, we've talked about the special teams part of it. Number two in scoring differential. Every number, they've been dominant. So I kind of take the other side of the coin. I'm naturally a contrarian, but I kind of take the other side of the coin. Can they keep this up? Can they keep this up realistically? Is this, uh, you know, and I've used that term before, people, is this sustainable? I don't know if it is sustainable. I know it isn't sustainable if they don't start tackling better. Because, you know, again, I've I've been doing my own self-scout. So Detroit, they were terrible. We know that. Uh, That was the 14-15 missed tackle game. Terrible. So I went went to the PFF grades. They were were below average, uh, well below average against Minnesota in week two. They just blew them out. The one game they tackled well was Washington, and they blew them out. They have not tackled well now for three consecutive weeks, according to PFF. Below average against Jacksonville, terrible against Arizona, below average against Dallas. That has been a bigger issue than even special teams from a consistent – they've been consistently poor tackling, consistently poor and that's a concern. That's my biggest concern uh, as as we go into the post buy. Um, that's got it. That's got. And and I start to ask myself, Jody, and I'll throw this at you. Get your thoughts because I've been talking about this since the off season. Son Reddick, great pass rusher, undersized. Uh, Kaiser White, great coverage linebacker, undersized. Uh, Chauncey Gardner Johnson has struggled all year tackling. Marcus Epps, you know. He's not bringing the wood uh, as a safety. He's not a, but you're not allowed to be, but still, you know, he's not the intimidating tackling safety that you think. Um, other than TJ Edwards, who tackles well on it? You know, Slay doesn't tackle that well. You know, Bradbury doesn't tackle that well. No corners tackle that well. I was well. going to say, what and, corners and, do? And, and that's you want to talk we, about we talked about to bring the wood. Corners yeah. don't tackle. You got to catch the ball and you bring them down. That's all you need to know. Modern, you know, modern baseball. We just talked about modern football. Corners don't tackle, right? Watch an SEC game. They don't tackle. Um, even even at Alabama, they don't tackle. Um I don't know if you get into a game against a team that can keep it close, that can run the football, is that jump up and bite you on the, you know, what? Yeah. 
Um, I think I think you made the best point right there at the end. Run when other teams run the football against the Eagles. Ezekiel uh, Elliott is going backwards. There's <clears throat> I don't think anybody would question that he's not the runner they once was. Damn if he didn't look like Ezekiel Elliott of about 2018-19 against the Eagles this past week. That's where I think their issue is. Not, not on pass plays. That All right, uh, Marcus Epps hasn't laid anybody out. Okay, nobody lays anybody out anymore. Um, both of their linebackers specifically, Kazir, more so than Edwards. But Edwards isn't bad in pass coverage as well. Um, they, they're fine. Uh, I don't think there's guys making plays in the middle of the field and breaking tackles and turning eight-yard slants into uh, 40-yard gains. No, it's straight up against the run. And they use the big guy Davis for as many plays as they do. And you and I have gone over it. They're very slowly, incrementally increasing his snaps on an almost weekly basis. But this just isn't that good of running defense, uh, defense against the run when it comes to tackling, plain and simple. And that's on their D-line and Edwards is the better of the two tacklers, but he's had a couple of bad tackling games too. Arizona. Yeah. Right. So their linebackers are good, but they're not perfect. Yeah. I think that's a legit question. Can they tackle better? Should they tackle better? Is the fact that they are at a couple of positions, a little undersized, actually a factor. Uh, I guess it kind of drops the weight on uh, Hassan Reddick. If you're just purely looking at the undersized guys, Reddick and, and Kaiser White, um, they're, they're part of it, but I'll, I'll point the finger at everybody. Hargrave, Fletcher, Brandon Graham. I know everybody loves him, but uh, BG isn't this tackling monster either. So I think it's on everybody when it comes to being able to tackle against the run. Yeah. And, you know, uh, they, they so they grade 13 different categories over every game, right? So, you know, there's six games. So you're the math guy, 13 times six. Uh, there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Ten poor grades in all of those categories that over six grades. Yeah. And on and compared to other teams, that is really good. That is really good. Five of them are tackling. Really? Five of the ten. Uh, and three are special teams. So which I think is obvious to people. But I don't think the tackling thing is as obvious. And they were really bad. You could see it. I think everybody knows they were really bad in Detroit. I think everybody knows they were really bad in Arizona. Those were the two really bad games. Um, but they haven't been good otherwise as well. Um, only one game. They're they're above average in basically every single category in every game except tackling and special teams. Right, and we'll see uh, how, Howie Roseman has 14, 13 days. The trade deadline is Tuesday, two weeks from yesterday. Is Howie Roseman going to go out and get a, uh, a a superstar special teams player? And if he is, could you at least give me a guess as to who he might be going after? Because I don't even know who that guy is. Yeah, who is that guy? I, I follow the National Football League pretty yeah. closely. You follow it even more closely than I do. 
please name the superstars uh, special well, teams. Well, and by the way, get. those those guys aren't getting traded. I mean, those guys aren't getting traded. Uh, people bow. If you have a good special teams player, you have a Pro Bowl special teams player. You don't see Matthew Slater getting traded back in don't, the day. Don't, don't the Panthers have one of those guys? Because they're trading everyone else. They're, they're, they're just emptying out their entire roster. They traded uh, Robbie Anderson yesterday, McCaffrey next, and Ed Burns. They were, don't they have a superstar special teams guy the Eagles going to get their hands on? Yeah, I'm, 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 I don't know if one, I don't know if there's a, a Chris Maragos out there who's so good at special teams, he's going to change things anyway. Um, I think you got to continue to work with the, the guys who have shown some aptitude for it, Zach McPherson has shown some aptitude. Maybe at some point you got to get Andre Sachray back up on the 53 man um, and, and just let him go. Uh, Josh Job, I know has has been doing a lot of it before he got hurt. Uh, I think that's got to come from within. Um, I, yeah, I mean, it, it, they, they need more consistency in special teams. And, and I think the bigger problem really than coverage is, is the blocking when it comes to the return game. That's, yeah, that's been really poor. Hasn't been there. As far as your point on tacking goes, uh, and we're getting ready to punch up our first guest, our bud, John Stolness from Bleeding Green Nation is going to hop aboard with us coming up in just a couple minutes. Um, I'll draw a comparison between two teams in Philadelphia right now. The Philadelphia Phillies made the offseason moves that they made. They brought in Kyle Schwarber and Nick Castellanos, two really big bats. Now, Castellanos didn't have the year that he would expect to have. He put up much better numbers in Cincinnati and with the Cubs before that. Schwarber is with Schwarber is the NL home run king. Neither one of these guys can feel. And Schwarber was replaced for defense last night. If yeah, me. yeah. I would have gotten Castellanos out, out of it. I know he made that great catch in the last round against Atlanta, but he can't play defense to save his life. Nobody uh, cares in baseball anymore. Yeah. Well, guess what? Nobody cares about tackling in the yeah, NFL, John. I know. I know. What, what I know. is it you keep telling me about uh, preseason stuff? Nobody worries about tackling or the running game until, until they that first it. week of the season. Yeah. And then everybody goes, oh, maybe we should run or maybe we should tackle. Yeah. It's the same thing. Well, if that's you know my concern. Shortcomings are, Here, then my you deal concern, with them. And I know we got to get to a break and get to John. But my concern, here's my concern, is that the Eagles are going to be Green Bay from last year. And Green Bay it was totally outplayed San Francisco. Maybe it's a bad weather game. In that case, it was the blocked uh, punt. Uh, and they lose. And all of a sudden, you're the best team, and you're sitting there, and you're going, "What happened?" and and you're shaking your head. That that you're right. I mean, and like I said, watch Alabama, Tennessee, which everybody the greatest game ever. It's exciting. They can't tackle. They can't cover. I mean, and that's the highest level of of college football, and that's where it comes from. You're right. Nobody tackles, but it doesn't matter until it matters. Exactly. I'm just throwing it out there. But same thing that I said about the Phillies defense all year. Here's the Phillies defense. Awful. Awful. Guess what? They're three days, three games away from being in the World Series. You 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 find other ways to compensate for areas where you're giving up because if you think you're that much better in a different area, you just have to balance it out. I he's McMullen on McDonald, the Mac and Mac guys here on Birds 365. 
John Stolnes, our pal for Bleeding Green Nation, going to join us and talk about the undefeated birds next here on Birds 365. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go birds! Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go birds! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. Welcome to Pond Lee Hockey. We've helped over 100,000 injured and disabled workers obtain benefits, as well as some of the biggest settlements in the state. If you've been injured at work, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Score and save at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Jeff D. Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown's five-day used car super sale. Jeff puts an end to high prices now. Five days of the best car, truck, and SUV deals ever. Over 1,000 vehicles, every make and model. Stop overpaying. See Jeff today and get a quality car, truck, or SUV now. The five-day used car super sale. Experience how easy it is to deal at Jeff's. Nobody treats you better. Nobody gives you more. Jeff D. Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown. GoJeffAuto.com. With the birds 365 guys, Mac and Mac, we're adding a third voice to the mix and a very informed one as well. Does a great job covering the birds for both uh, Bleeding Green Nation and on his podcast, Eye on the Enemy. John Stolmus jumps in with us here on Birds 365. You got green on? Is that a, a green? Uh... You got you go. a I went old you school got this morning. Hat. Went old school this morning. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to have to make uh, God. 
God forbid if it's uh, Phillies Houston, because we're going to have to make Jalen Hurts pretend he's a Phillies fan. <laughs> yeah, I think Jalen's savvy enough. He'll get it. <laughs> he will get it. He is savvy enough. He will get it. Um, it is a good time for you, John. Obviously, cover the Phillies as well at, at, at the good fight. Um, but, well, you know, we're an Eagles show, so we'll I'll get some Phillies in at the very end. But, All right. uh as far as this team, as we head to the bye, uh, I saw you pop in there. You might have heard Jody and I discussing. You know, I kind of look at this. I, I think a lot of people have said, you know, if the Eagles put together this perfect game, how good they could they be? But, you know, that's kind of a standard that's unreachable. As a contrarian by nature, I go the other way. Can they keep mm. this up? Can they keep yeah. playing this well? And I point to the tackling. Um even more than special teams, because that has been, and if you look at the PFF numbers, that has been the one area that the Eagles have been consistently bad in. Mm-hmm. Not, not not even mediocre, bad. 30th in the NFL. Um, only one team worse, tied for 30th. Jacksonville's the only, our old friend Doug Peterson. Right. Um Everything else, they're top 10, basically, except special teams. But they're better in special teams than tackling. Am I being too concerned, too self-scouty in this bye week? Is nobody cares about tackling, as Jody rightfully points out. But he's right. Contextually, though, they've been at the bottom. They've been the worst of the worst. Any concern to you? I think as long as they're getting uh, a big lead early, I don't I don't worry as much about the tackling because we're really seeing that manifest itself in the run game. And if you're ahead by two touchdowns, if you're ahead by 17 points, 20 points like they were against Dallas, and Dallas is going to run the ball to get back into it, you're probably okay with that for the most part. I, I think the other side of that coin, too, is what I saw on Sunday night, especially in the third quarter, I saw a lot of, a lot of guys trying to go after the ball as opposed to trying to lock up the ball carrier and we know that this team is getting a ton of turnovers they lead the nfl in turnover margin and that's been one of the big keys to their success early going they've forced a lot of fumbles it's it's worked in a lot of cases where going after the ball being a ball hawk knocking it out and and recovering it has been beneficial to them it gives you a short field it means jalen hurts doesn't have to go 85 yards every single time but uh the other side of that coin is that you sometimes will have the first guy, second guy, third guy miss. So uh, there's a little bit of a, a trade-off there. I think there are times where, especially if you're up by 14, 17 in the third quarter, at that point you don't really need a kill shot. You just need to stop the other team from stringing together first downs. And so I think that's where you could maybe as the defensive coordinator say, listen, stop trying to go after the ball because it's leading to arm tackling get in front of the guy, get him down to the ground, make them punt, and let's let our offensive line, let's let our running game, let's let Jalen Hurts ice this thing for us like they did in the fourth quarter last time around. I'm not overly concerned about it, but it's a worry. Here's what scares me even more than tackling. And John's point, of course, is right on. Um, but uh, it's just I'm uh, one not surprised about it. And I guess I shouldn't be surprised about what I'm concerned with. Six wins, three of which... The game got close. The Eagles needed to be able to both kill clock and move the ball, and they did just that against yeah. Detroit week one, against Arizona, and this past week against Cowboys. When they needed it in the fourth quarter, the other team was making it a game. Mm-hmm. They took control and said, we're going to run it right down your throat. And they did. 
And yeah. they've effectively won all three games. Detroit never got back on the field. Arizona had to uh, settle for a longer field goal than the one the Eagles did. And the Cowboys uh, were taken out because they actually turned that long drive into a touchdown. Is that over expectations that when we, and I stated this way obnoxiously so for a reason, when we want to, we'll run it right down your throats. Mm -hmm. Is that too much to believe that they can just reach into their back pocket, play that card and go, oh yeah, here's a seven and a half minute drive. Take this. <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't know. Are they that good that they can just do that? They have been. Can they mm -hmm. continue doing it that way? I don't know if they have an eight-minute fourth-quarter drive in them every game, but I think it's Great it was question. impressive that they did it against the Dallas Cowboys, who are legitimately one of the best defenses in the NFL. Great. And when your when your big strength is your offensive line, and you have the depth on their offensive line that they do, I think you can rely on the second-best running game in the NFL last year to be that unit that will get you along clock eating drive when you need to stop the bleeding. And that's really what they did. They, they needed to stop the bleeding. It's like a relief pitcher coming in and giving you three innings after the, after the starter gets shelled, right? You need someone to come in and stop the bleeding. And the, the Eagles running game did just that. They've done that a few different times. I think we've seen that you can rely on it to a degree, as much as you can rely on anything in sports. The Eagles run game is as about, a reliable thing in the NFL right now with the RPO. No one does this like the Eagles are doing it. And then when you get to yeah. the end of that drive and you get close to the red zone, all of a sudden now you've run the ball, nine and plays AJ Brown's going to pop now for, for 22. And then, Oh, okay. Devonte Smith's going to leak out into the end zone and you're going to score a touchdown. So it's just, it's, it's a formula that NFL defensive coaches have not cracked just yet. And so I think it's a pretty dependable thing at the moment. And I think we also have to remember last week in the third quarter, and I think we saw this the week before as well in Arizona, they're dealing with offensive line issues, guys shuttling in, shuttling out. When you lose Lane Johnson, it takes a few <laughs> series to figure out how to deal with that for especially a young offensive line, a guy like Jack Driscoll moving from left tackle to right tackle. And he's all over the place. It, it, it takes a little bit of a time to, to get everybody on the same page. And I think by the fourth quarter, their third possession in the second half, remember it was only their third possession the defense allowed the Cowboys to have two long drives. The offense really didn't get their hands on the ball all that much in the second half last week. By their third possession, without Lane Johnson, they had gotten it figured out. And I, I think you can rely on that. Yeah, I like that word, John, reliable, reliability, because I I think the running game for this team is very reliable. Mm -hmm. I think even when you talk about losing the offensive lineman because Landon's been dealing with this ankle, this foot injury. He's been in and out. Sue Opetta comes in. Jack, you mentioned Jack Driscoll, whether it's left tackle, right tackle. Sometimes those guys have trouble with pass protection, but they can go straight ahead. Yeah. And and we know Jordan Mylotta and, and Dickerson how how good they are. Um and 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 Jalen Hurts says the vaunted plus one. I'd like to say, yeah, people don't know what to do. The the conflict on that uh, past AJ Brown, where Micah Parsons, he doesn't know what to do with that yeah. RPO. You know, do yeah. you go after the quarterback? Do you <laughs> do you drop into coverage? I think all of that is reliable. I I like that word. Now I talked about the tackling that hasn't been reliable. I'm going to give you one other category. And, and Jonathan Gann is going to hate me for this. All defensive coordinators are. <laughs> but there's a certain randomness to turnovers yeah. in the NFL. And nobody wants to admit that. 
I, I want to use the term luck, what, whatever term you want to use, there's a randomness to it. And the Eagles are turning the ball over and turning the ball over and turning the ball over, and they're protecting the football. They're plus 12, John. Yeah. The second-ranked team in the NFL is plus four. <laughs> that is astronomical. Yeah. Can that continue, or is there going to be a regression to the mean? There will probably be a little bit of a regression to the mean, but we have seen teams in the past play a full season where for whatever reason, they're just scooping up turnovers and interceptions all over the place. And it lasts for a full season. And we, we might see that with this team this year, because I think if you look beyond the turnovers, the cornerback play of Darius Lay and James Bradbury, just how few yardage, uh, how many, few, how few passes they're allowing and how few yards they're allowing indicates that they're, they're not getting lucky with interceptions. They're, they're not, you know, Asante Samuel was a great player, but Samuel sometimes would get would, would get burned because he would you know go f- be too aggressive yeah. and going for yeah. for picks. I don't think that's the kind of those are the kinds of interceptions we're seeing. The the, the last interception uh, by Gardner Johnson on Sunday night came because of pressure yeah. up yeah. the middle. It was Brian DeGram, yeah, yeah, exactly. And so I think if you can, I, I think one of the areas the Eagles could look at at the trade deadline is getting some more help along the defensive line because the more pressure that they can get with four guys, the, the more of an opportunity you're going to give those guys in the secondary to pick balls off and, and because they're playing so well. And one thing we've seen from this secondary that we haven't seen from Eagles teams, Eagles defenses in years past is not just getting their hand on the ball, but actually catching it. One of the jokes we used to have um, at BGN radio was we used to say a lot of these Eagles defensive backs had butts for hands. Like, you know, it's just like they're, they're catching every ball with their fists and it's really hard to intercept the ball when you can't actually bring it in. And uh, what we're seeing with this group is they do that. They actually can bring the ball in when they're in the air competing with a wide receiver for it. The, the, Gardner Johnson interception. I don't think we've talked about how great a catch that was from a guy who left the game with a bad hand. I don't know how he got his hands underneath that ball and held on to it in seasons past that, that kind of falls through his hands and it's an incomplete pass and the Cowboys drive continues. So I don't know that they can continue this at the rate that they're doing it, but they have the formula in place to cause turnovers. And right now they are finishing the play. And Oh, by the way, John gave you the numbers. They're plus 12 uh, right now as the lead team in the NFL. Second place, plus four. That's just almost incomprehensible, the difference between them and the second best. Not any other team. The second best team, (laughs) they're eight turnovers ahead. They're eight. uh, They're they're plus eight. In the plus column, part of that credit's got to go to the offense. Yeah. Jalen Hurts doesn't throw picks. Jalen Hurts as much as he runs, doesn't cough up the football. Miles Sanders, although he's at times in his career had an issue or two with fumbling, hadn't had it this year so far. Uh, yes, let's give the appropriate credit to the defense, but if you're talking plus minus, the Eagles take care of the football, and Nick Sirianni does prioritize that. Sure, he even took a shot at Joel Embiid, which, oh, by the way, he was right because Joel turned No, <laughs> oh, he was 100% right. Night. You got to <laughs> take care of the ball, Joel. Yeah. By, uh, let, by the let's way, give the props to the Eagles offense. Too. Real quick before you jump in, John, I asked Nick that question. He wasn't taking a shot at Joel. He was just being lighthearted. <laughs> but he's he's a hundred percent right. I mean, yeah. Joel Embiid needs to. It, it, and by the way, it's not happening. Now we're getting into a Sixers wormhole. He's not taking <laughs> care of the book. But so anyway, but go ahead, John. Well, I I think one of the things we've seen also is the running backs have done a great job of protecting the ball. Miles Sanders has 
Long had a fumbling issue, but that hasn't been the case. I think he, I saw or read today he's somewhere over 120 some straight carries without a fumble. Um, it, it's just the way they are being really drilling that on, on with these guys to to take care of the football. Running is running as much as they do. You would expect a couple more balls to hit the ground. Um, but they're just not it's, it's not even like that they're fumbling and recovering them. They're just not putting it on the ground. So I agree with you. The offense, as far as the plus minus ratio goes, Jalen Hurts not throwing picks, being very disciplined with the football. They have receivers now who are big targets in the middle of the field so that defenses can't clog up certain areas of the field and cluster in certain places to get turnovers and get interceptions. He's spreading the ball all around the field and when they're running it, they're not putting it on the ground. It, it, they, I think it's been a point of emphasis for them, and we're seeing it work its way so far to their to their benefit. Um, you mentioned something that that perked my interest up, uh, John. The trade deadline's coming up November first. Um, you know, Carolina's having a bit of a fire sale, uh, or at least that's the speculation. Robbie Anderson's already out. Um, We'll see if Christian McCaffrey, I, I do not think Brian Burns is, they're going to trade him. But you yeah. mentioned the defensive line. I look at this team and I say, I don't know if I want to mess with this team. Mike Gill is going to be on the show with us in the second hour. He asked me on his show yesterday about Deshaun Jackson. I'm like, I want no part of Deshaun no. Jackson. Luckily, he signed with Baltimore. Uh, but just as a punt returner. And I was still like, no, I don't want him. I don't, I don't, I don't want him. Would he be better than Britton Covey? Yes, as a punt returner. But anybody's met Deshaun, he's not a bad guy, but he thinks he's Deshaun Jackson of 28. You know, yeah. he's not going to be happy with that role. I don't want to mess with this. You know, Nick talks about it to the point it becomes a cliche, but the connection and how close everybody is. I don't want to mess with that. Am I am I crazy uh, to say, oh, just leave it alone? Well, it has to be at a position that you really need some help. And I think you have to do your due diligence and background on the guy's personality. We saw the Eagles add Jay Ajayi midway through the 2017 season. That team had great chemistry. They were rolling, but they perceived a weakness at the running back spot. They were they were one guy short. And they brought in a guy in Ajayi who seemed to fit right in, didn't mess with clubhouse chemistry. He provided a ton of production in the second half of that season and was a big part of their Super Bowl run. So I think it can work. I wouldn't say that they shouldn't go out and get somebody, but they've got to feel like you said, John, they've got something special going right now. And you don't want to mess with it. You don't want to screw with the clubhouse chemistry, with the locker room chemistry. And I, I agree with you that I think Deshaun Jackson wouldn't be a great fit at this time. And thankfully, he, again, you like you said, signed with the Ravens. But if there is somebody else out there who they feel like can help in an area of weakness and, you know, that's not a problem player, he's a guy that you feel is going to fit right in. I think you have to look at not just what they do on the field, but what their personality is like and what kind of teammate they would be mixing with this group before you went ahead and added them at the trade deadline. Kind of with my partner here. I think it's more likely that the Eagles won't make a trade than they will, but how he has always been a proactive guy. Mm -hmm. There are two ways he can be proactive here. One's got a deadline attached to it. 13 days, the trade deadline. The other is contract extensions. Now we got three really key guys signed Last year, Goddard, Mylotta, Maddox, huge, uh, lock these guys up, make them part of the foundation. The Eagles defense has a lot of guys whose contracts are up at the end of this year. 
-hmm. and you want to pick and choose exactly the right one. There's a lot that goes into it. Who wants to let, who wants to talk, who wants to stay, who wants to be reasonable. Um, is there a guy packing order you would put Hargrave and Cox and Bradbury and uh, the Gardner Johnson and uh, Kaiser White and Edward mm. both linebacker? That's a whole lot of your defensive contracts <laughs> up at the end of this year. Marcus Epps, throw Marcus Epps in, there. in there too. Yeah. Uh, do you uh, think I w- there's a priority in that mix? I do. I mean, well, I would probably focus on the two secondary guys first. I would probably focus on Bradbury and Gardner Johnson. It's such a huge thing when you can just put two cornerbacks on a guy and slay and, and Bradbury and just really not have to worry about doing a whole lot to help those guys. And Avante Maddox is of course a really good cornerback. Like you mentioned, he's going to be here for a while. Gardner Johnson has been a a really big addition to this team too. He kind of got off to a little bit of a slow start as he, uh, got uh, familiar with the defense, but obviously last week, Sunday night against the Cowboys, he had a phenomenal game. Uh, at that, after that, I, I'm, I'm looking at the linebackers, and I think it's an interesting decision between Kaiser White and TJ Edwards. Edwards has gotten so much better since his rookie season. Like you, we talk about these guys when they come to the NFL, they're not finished products. A lot of these guys can continue to improve. And Edwards has done that. I love Kaiser white. He's been a playmaker. You also have Nicobe Dean, who's going to need some playing time at some point. So I think you only sign maybe one of those guys long-term. My guess is, boy, if I had to choose between Edwards and Kaiser white, I don't, I'm probably choosing Edwards just because I think he's more of a captain of the defense. He plays middle linebacker. He's, he is a guy that you that you selected as an undrafted rookie, and you've developed him. You probably have more invested in him. I would hate to lose Kaiser White. But Kaiser White would probably, you know, need a little bit more, I think, than T.J. Edwards, and that allows you to work N'Kobe Dean into the lineup next year. That's a lot of thinking way down the road, but um, for right now, that's probably my pecking order. And the rest of the guys, I'm probably in wait and see mode. Uh, more immediacy with this criticism and, and, and Gannon got it again yesterday. I think the six and zero record has kind of muffled this. I think if the Eagles were average three and three or even below average, this would be blown up to unbelievable proportions, but people keep still keep talking about Jordan Davis. And when is he going to play more? When is he going to play more? The reps, which I'm, like I said, I'm a little surprised about because of how much overall success. You know, right now he's a run stuffer. He's a two-down guy, and everybody wants him out there uh, for all this time. And m- my thing is, it's a luxury right now. You still have Fletcher Cox. You still have Javon Hargrave. As you've kind of pointed out, John, with the linebackers, you know, long-term, it's going to be Nicobe. So you're kind of making that decision, TJ versus Kaiser. Um, same thing with Jordan Davis. Long term, he's going to be out there. Yeah, you got to make a decision, Fletcher or Javon. But you don't have to make that decision now. Why is everybody but forcing? Why is everybody trying to speed that up? Yeah, I mean, I think there. I think you have some time. There, there's certainly. I don't. I don't think if you wait a little bit of time, it's not going to necessarily convince a player to go someplace else. Especially if this team has a special season, guys are going to want to come back. Uh, and then you basically have to, you know, choose what's going to be best for you long term. And you're going to have a Jalen Hurts contract to talk about at some point. So you've got to factor that into who you're going to extend on the defense and anybody on offense you you want to extend. Um, there, there's a lot of different things that go into this for sure. And, you know, I 
you'd like to have as many guys in the fold long-term as you possibly can. But in, in the NFL, there's just, there are a whole lot of different moving pieces. I do trust Howie Roseman in this area. They, they seem to have made the right choice on, on most of these kinds of guys uh, during the course. Really the, the big miss was probably Carson Wentz, right? I mean, that just didn't work out. But other yeah. than that, I, I struggle to think of a player that they've re-signed that you, you look back and say that was a mistake. Maybe, you know, a Derek Barnett, but you only bring him back for one year. You know what I mean? Like there's, there just hasn't really been anything where I, th- I think he's made a big miss. Here's why I'm okay. The way they're u- using Jordan Davis. As John said, it's a luxury item. And at least you get more snaps than Marlon now, which yeah. earlier in the year, Marlon <laughs> would be getting more snaps there. So it's a progression. They're moving it up a little bit more every single week. Uh, so uh, I'm not going to get on JG's, uh, case for that they're they're doing he he's handling jordan davis as best as he can be handled all right six and oh by week john um they've got downtime they come back the schedule is not killer for the next couple of weeks eagles are certainly going to be favorites when they come back and return to practice they'll have the entire week to get ready for the opponents have some extra time what is it they should be looking upgrade? Is there anything specifically in practice, getting to know each other, the whole Gardner Johnson mm-hmm. guy to get up to speed and uh, several things that have, have gone down with this team this year? Is there anything in the limited amount of practice that A, the collective <laughs> bargaining agreement gives them, and B, the front office slash uh, doctors and those who advise as to how much stress they should put on their players give them? What is it that Sirianni needs to upgrade when he has a little extra time to work mm-hmm. with players next week during the bye week? I heard you guys talking about special teams before the break. I think special teams is, is this team's big weakness right now. Um, and so I think figuring out – it's I am less concerned about the return game. I would love to have a returner out there like Turpin, like the guy the Cowboys had the other night who could really change the game with one play. But – um, those guys really are few and far between and return game, the return game in special teams anymore. Nobody returns kickoffs anymore. Uh, it's all punts. And so I would love to be able to work somebody into that, but I, I don't know that you're adding that guy from outside and the guys that you have are probably the guys that you have. So I'm working on, I'm working on uh, the return game, like making sure that you're staying in your lanes. Guys are getting covered. You're, you're, you're not getting burned on trick plays, all that kind of stuff. I think, I think, Michael Clay needs to get the special teams down and get that to be less of an Achilles heel for this team. Cause that will bite them if they're not careful. Tackling is the other thing. We talked about it at the start of the show here that they need to work on tackling to make sure that finding a balance between trying to strip the ball out and then bringing the ball carrier down to the ground. The, the other thing I would say is what's going on in the third quarter. A lot of times, again, like I mentioned, we've had offensive line stuff coming in and out, different guys getting hurt, dealing, learning how to, what to do with Lane Johnson, not in there, but also I think, I think these coaches need to sit down and figure out what are we doing at halftime? What are we doing in the third quarter offensively and defensively where we just don't seem like we are ready when we come out of the locker room where it takes us 15 minutes to kind of figure out what's going on. Are we eating too many oranges at halftime? Uh, you know, are we, what, what are we, are we, is the Gatorade spiked? Like what's going on that we need to figure out how to, how to get out of the gate in the second half score on the first possession, treat the first possession of the second half, like you would your first possession of the game and, and see what's going on there. Because that is a little bit concerning, not, not a lot because they usually have a big lead at halftime, but figure out what's going on in the third quarter. All right, John. The main event, I can't believe I'm saying this, at John Stolness on Twitter, last one from me. 
obviously cover the Eagles for bleeding green, but you cover the Phillies for the good fight pH, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mentioned at the top of the show, I don't know if the Phillies are built for 162. They're not when you talk about teams like the Dodgers or the Astros, but short series, man, top of the rotation, power, and if the bullpen shows up and it has been, that's all you need to win right. a short series. This team, in a lot of ways, is built for the playoffs. you agree with that? Absolutely. And I've been saying that all year, that if they could get that monkey off their back of falling short of the playoffs, all of a sudden that pressure's off. And now you've got Zach Wheeler, Aaron Nola, 1-2 at the top of the rotation. You can pitch them four out of a possible seven-game series. And that's what they're going to do here. Uh, and the, the Phillies have not always taken advantage of Zach Wheeler and Aaron Nola starts. I think they're under 500 over the last couple of years when those guys start games for them, which is a little weird. But, uh, you know, those guys give you a chance to win a four, a seven-game series, to win four out of seven every time you line them up. The offense, these guys are, are different guys are stepping up every night. Uh, now Kyle Schwarber is getting hot. Bryce Harper is hot. You've got different guys at the bottom of the lineup who are coming through in big situations. The key to this team continuing its run is the bullpen. And I think all of these guys are pitching with confidence. They're all throwing strikes. That's been the big thing with this bullpen. Throw strikes. And Sir Anthony Dominguez is throwing 100-mile-an-hour strikes. Uh, Jose Alvarado is throwing 100-mile-an-hour strikes. They're just pumping one strike after another. Quality pitches. And if you can continue to get the same kind of production that you've gotten from Brad Hand, from uh, David Robertson's back, he pitched really well in the Cardinals series. Uh, uh, you've got uh, uh, Andrew Bellotti, who's pitching really well. Uh, Zach Eflin out of the bullpen has been really great. The bullpen's going to be the key here because I think the starters are going to do well enough to keep this team's head afloat. If the relievers can give them two, three innings every night, they are built to win against any team in the playoffs. All right, JS, for my last question, I'm going to jump back over to the Eagles, and I'll probably tick off some of our streamers here because I'm going to uh, ask you a hypothetical that will keep the Eagles from being 17-0. and 0. Sorry. Okay. If they're 16-1 and 1 when the season's over and done with, okay? I know everybody, most of the people listening, and you certainly uh, know the schedule, but I'm going to rip through it real fast. A home Pittsburgh at Houston, home Commanders at Indianapolis, home Green Bay, home Tennessee at the New York Giants, that is, at Chicago, at Dallas, home New Orleans, home uh, San Francisco uh, Giants. Mm-hmm. If they're losing one game, and I will not accept uh, week 18 because they've already <laughs> salted away everything in a game in which they're trying no JV participation like last year. If they're going to lose one, which one is most likely? I think it's probably at Dallas on Christmas Eve. If Dak Prescott is back, I think Dallas, I think Dallas right now to me is probably the third best team in the conference. I've, I've liked Minnesota from the start of the season. I picked them to win the North, uh, but um, Eagles have obviously already beaten them. Um, Dallas they, is good. That, they, they've already beaten Dallas too, John. That's I, true. I mean, that's true. They missed yeah. the game this past that's week. True. But no, they, but they did beat Dallas. But no, Dak Prescott. And, and that's the thing. If, if Dak Prescott is back, they they have had a hard time with Dak Prescott, with the exception of of the game in in what was it, twenty nineteen at the end of the season. Though. He was hurt. That's uh, right. Yes, yeah, so he was hurting in that, that game. So. Yeah. And he might be hurting. I mean, that's kind of been his M.O. He's had a hard time staying healthy these last few years. So I think if you've got a healthy Dak Prescott in Dallas on Christmas Eve, I think that's a tough game. 
I think that's the the most likely one that they would not be favored to win if if they're not going to be favored in any of these games down the stretch. That probably is the one that I would say they're most likely to lose. I think John made a good point earlier about the tackling, and I'd say specifically with the tackling, it's running. Two guys who do work. Yeah. yeah, two guys who worry me: Derrick Henry, Saquon Barkley. Yeah, you're looking at two of the best running backs in the National Football League, and if that's not an area in which the Eagles excel, those could be tricky games for uh, the Birds. True, true. Always a pleasure, John Stolas. Thank you very much for jumping in. You can bleed, read him on Bleeding Green Nation and catch his uh, podcast, Eye on the Enemy, where you get your better podcasts. Thanks much, bud. We'll punch you up again next month. Appreciate it. That sounds good, guys. Talk to you then. Thanks, Always got the good uh, earbud. <clears throat> yeah. Nah, you know, it, it's amazing to me that the Eagles are 6-0. and They're the best team in the NFL, um, even though Damo still has them at number two. And the pet, I always say that. Uh, just but see, let, let me, uh, uh, sorry um, to interrupt. But let me, let me make this point and almost an offense in defense of Damo. Here's why I said last week when some idiots had the Eagles as the fourth ranked power team in the fourth. Are you kidding me? If, and I said this before Buffalo beat Kansas City, if you had Buffalo number one, all right, they got picked off by the Dolphins, game that could have gone either way. Dolphins were three and oh early, they looked like they were legit. If you didn't want to move Buffalo down for more, I can take that. I would have the Eagles one. No, Buffalo I'm, two, I'm, but... I'm, I'm just joking with Tom. I have no issue with that whatsoever, putting Buffalo at number one. But and I am here's, here's the point I was trying to get at. You said uh, perfection is impossible. Oh, Buffalo's had a couple perfect games. They've played all four mm. quarters. They've had mm. a couple of games where they came out, scored early, kept scoring, completely wiped out the other team's offense and didn't let them do diddly squat. Hey, the they Dolphins, have. the 72 Dolphins uh, are obviously the only perfect team in NFL history. Patriots almost got there, uh, should have gotten there, but didn't. Um, but they weren't perfect. I mean, we say their their record was perfect. I'm sure Buffalo in those perfect games, they might have dropped a pass. They might have had a fumble. That's all I mean by this perfect nebulous standard. Nobody's perfect. Nobody's perfect. You know, I do think it's interesting we're talking about if the Eagles can lose a game. By the way, if they're if they're 16-0, do they try to win that 17th game? I would bet against it. They, they'll try and win with their backups in there. Well, yeah, that's what I mean. Do they play their starters to no. win the game? No. Um, who's who's that? Why can I never remember this guy? Arch, uh, the chief medical guy who. Uh, Arsh Denota. Dr. Arsh Denota. Spell that first name for me. A-R-S-H. A-R-S-H. Okay. Arsh. Uh, sorry. I don't know. You could, would you be able to pick him out of a lineup? Yeah. I... Okay, you know him. I don't. Um, which, by the way, Johnny Stolnitz mentioned they could work on uh, tackling in the upcoming week. Not if Harsh has anything to say about it. They won't be working on tackling during this bye week. Um, it, here's my difference. Buffalo has had some games this year which have been close to perfection. If perfection is every single play, the exact right outcome. No, of course, no one has ever been perfect. Buffalo's been a lot closer in several of their games than the Eagles have. That's the only point I'm trying to make about a comp to the By the way, I talked about, uh, I know we got to go to our break. I talked about those uh, those categories that PFF does. 
Uh, Eagles are number one. Buffalo's number two um, in the entire league. Uh, Buffalo's been, you know, has the higher scoring differential. Uh, Eagles are number two. Um, in all the categories, the Eagles have the better offense, the better passing game, the better pass blocking game. Uh, Buffalo has better receivers uh, with Stephon Diggs and Gabriel Davis. This is according to PFF. They have the better run game, shockingly, which probably has a lot to do with. Uh, and remember, this is just blocking and things like that. And they don't even try to run the ball. Uh, the running game with Josh Allen, the run blocking. It's the Eagles, obviously. Defense, it's the Eagles. Uh, run defense, it's Buffalo by a tick. They're both pretty poor. Uh, tackling, Buffalo, big advantage there, although they're not great. They have the better pass rush. Eagles have the better coverage. They have the better special teams. And more categories, the Eagles have been better than the Bills, according to the film. Um, but, yeah, they're a yeah, good team. But every once in a while, you got to look at the scoreboard, John. Yeah. Uh, the film is team. nice. Ratings are nice. Scoreboard is the most important thing. The Buffalo's only thing that supersedes team. the scoreboard is the standings. And the Eagles are 6-0, and oh, and the Bills well, are only one. If hey, the Eagles have an advantage over the Bills, it's in the standings. I'll be honest with you. If they played each other tomorrow, I'd pick the Bills. Uh, here's what you and I had some fun with this two weeks ago. Neutral field. Eagles, Bills. What's the spread? Uh, uh, I, uh, neutral field, I think the Bills are favored by three and a half. That's what I was going to say, three and a half or four. Yeah, that's why that I, I wouldn't have a problem with someone if they power rank the Bills ahead of the Eagles. I'll go Eagles-Bills in a toss-up, maybe through green-colored glasses, um, but it can be just as easily bills Eagles. At least we've done away with the debate on everybody else because Buffalo took care of Kansas City this past week, beating him in their house. So it's Buffalo, Philadelphia, Philadelphia, Buffalo. I, he's John McMahon. I'm Jody McDonald. We are your Birds 365 guys. It's a Wednesday, so we're going to go down the shore. Our pal Mike Gill from uh, Sports Bash on 97.3 ESPN is going to jump in in about, oh, 25 minutes or so. Uh, we'll come back. I'm going to ask John to uh, go a little bit further than uh, I did with uh, John Stolnitz when he was on with us. How he can't sit still for two weeks. He's not going to do nothing during this bye week. He's got to be working on something. Is it contract negotiation? Uh, John said, uh, yes, I, you got to pick and choose your spots here because Eagles are 6-0 <laughs> and right now. So yeah. you want to do so when you have leverage. But the, the timeline is the timeline. You, you got to get uh, one of these guys done before you know everything you're up against it. And then it uh, becomes a tougher conversation to have. All right. I want to go a little further on who the Eagles need to be looking at trying to get an extension done. We'll do that next year on Birds 365.
greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement, but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Faces you know, the team you trust. The Delaware Valley's leading news program, Action News. Go for the beers, go for the cheers, go for the hit and the hits, go for the scene, go for the screens, go for the gallery, go for the win, go to ocean. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Bi-week conversation. Eagles will not lose this week. They will not win this week because they are on the bye week. Uh, and then the schedule. Jared, I got to I got to jump in real quick, real quick. Now, you're one, not going to tell me the Eagles got player of the year. Now one because... streak is over. The Eagles did not. Chauncey Gardner Johnson did not get defensive player of the week. Tariq Woolen of the Seahawks, the rookie corner 
Well, I loved in the draft, by the way. Um, ran like a four two six at six four. He he is the defensive player of the week. The undefeated one undefeated streak is over. Five consecutive weeks, no players of the week for the Eagles. And uh, I sorry, Chauncey, I didn't think you were getting it this week. Uh, sorry, you didn't. If you did, I wouldn't have complained. But uh, despite your two interceptions, I didn't think that was happening. Um, a quick peek of the Eagles' schedule: Pittsburgh. Come, who's going to be the Pittsburgh quarterback when they show up here? They got a game. I think this it's got to be Trubisky. I think it's got to be Trubisky. But you're you're right; they have a game. So you know, if he craps the, you know what? I mean. And they can go right back to, but I I would think right now it's got to be the great Mitchell Trubisky. He was actually facetiously. He actually was good against the the. the hey, kids got talent, but yeah, I I'll take my chances against. I gave him a game ball on my CBS Sports Radio show on Sunday. I said probably because I might not get another chance to give it to him. So Mitch, enjoy this one, buddy, because you earned it, but uh, you may never get another shot. Um, so your guy, Quinn and Williams, by the way, AFC defensive player of the week. And I forget if he won or not. Uh, no, it was a week before he won angry runs on the NFL network, which I watch every single day. He's a great player. He's a very good, good, uh, good player. Uh, they don't get defensive guys winning angry runs, but he picked up a fumble and just, uh, uh, who, oh, is uh, who was. He manhandled somebody. I forget who it was. Where was Tyreek Hill? Um, Houston the week after. Oh, by the way, how big a mess are they? I thought Jack Isterby was as ingrained down there in Houston as Howie Roseman was here in Philadelphia. See you later. Bye. Their owner gave him his walking papers about 10 days ago. Yeah. I didn't see that happening. That, that organization is a mess right now. Yeah, that... Uh... It really is. And and you look at, uh, you know, what they did with uh, David Cully. Could they do the same thing with Lovey Smith? Why don't they just give Josh McCown the job? Yeah, get it over with. Yeah, but then um, they'll fire him after one year, too, because uh, that's what they do with all of their coaches. Yeah, I don't, I don't think they will. Lobby. I think that's what they wanted to do, but they they felt they couldn't do it. And, you know, that, you know when you make decisions um, – that head coach, and I criticize Denver as well, because um, they made a decision, a head coach, to recruit a player, which is dumb. And, you know, if you believe in a guy, even though you're going to take a lot of heat for hiring Josh McCown with no experience, you know, if you believe in a guy, do it. But they were scared, and they're a bad organization. Bad organization. Speaking of bad organizations, Washington the week after, chances are with Taylor Heineke coming to town instead of Carson Wentz. The Indianapolis organization is not on the sternest of footing either. Yeah, how about Ursig going after uh, Snyder yesterday? Yeah. That was so, awesome. Uh, those two guys back-to-back weeks, Washington and Indianapolis before you get to uh, Green Bay. This is a very doable part of the schedule, John. Six and zero can become eight and zero. It can become ten and zero real fast. And then uh, I kiddingly said the Eagles can't go seventeen and zero. Only half kiddingly. It's just so hard. And uh, yeah, week 
Arch Stenote is going to lay down the law. We can't play any of our regulars if we got nothing to gain from the playoffs. So 17 and 0 is, for my money, kind of a, a pipe dream. But uh, I'll tell you, I, you know, Nick Sirianni, if he's listening, and I hope you are, I hope you have it on in the background, Nick. Um, he's going to get mad at me because you can't look ahead. You can't look ahead. I don't see there's any way that this team is not 9 and 0 three weeks after the bye. I don't see how they lose to any of those three. Nor do I. They they just have significantly more talented rosters yeah. than the next three teams that they're facing. So, um, yeah, they're going to nine, uh, which it will get us talking about seventeen and zero if we're not already talking about it. Uh, but I do want to ask you again. Uh, we asked John Stolnes this. Uh, you commented a little. I want to hold you down a little bit more. The potential contract extensions that Howie Roseman may or may not be working on right now, as we speak. You're right. You would prefer to do it when leverage is a little bit more in your side than it is in the other side. If your team is undefeated and we're arguing they are the Bills' best overall team in football, tough to go in and, and try and expect the player to take a little bit less than maybe the open market says. Here's the one thing that I think Howie can lean on, and again, it brings our guy Arch back into the conversation. Injuries. That's something you can always lean on. That You don't have to look up the record today. Anyone can get hurt at any time, and it changes the dynamic of any negotiation. If a player suffers a major injury, it handicaps his uh, – compromises his uh, position to be able to ask for a big number via a salary. Um, I think this was before your time here in Philadelphia, um, but we had this once here. And, you know, we should get on and talk about this. Remind me to uh, reach out uh, for next week, uh, Seth Joyner. When Seth was at his heyday playing his best football for the Eagles, his running mate at linebacker was Byron Evans, B&E. Yeah, B&E. And B&E was one of those guys, do you want to extend him? Key member of the defense, middle linebacker, uh, calling the signal linebacker. And at least the way it was reported by good reporters, kind of like you oh we could uh ask Tomo this question he was certainly covering the team at the time uh the word was that the eagles had made him a very fair offer to sign a contract extension and it wasn't fair in byron evans mind they just couldn't come to him byron thought he was better than what the eagles were offering him and he never signed off on it and in the second half of the year last year of his contract he ripped up his knee but good and he never got that multi-year contract offer from the Eagles or anybody else thereafter. And it truly did handicap him. Now, this is 20-plus years ago, so uh, this is not something yeah. that you can relate to today's players. But you can try, and there might be some agents that have been around long enough that can relate to the fact, yeah, a major injury at the wrong time can cost your client a whole bunch of money. That's what I think how he's got to lean on if he's going to get a deal done over these next couple. Of yeah, I think it's, I mean, this seems like a Arston Oda day. I'll bring him up again. I mean, that the difference in, in, in medical procedures from today back, you know, even that time frame is huge. I mean, you know, a knee injury today is not nearly as devastating as it was back then. Um, so that, kind of works against you in that aspect. I always say you can't legislate injuries from a team perspective, from a player perspective. You see guys bet guys bet on themselves every week because you can get hurt in this league. I mean, 
we see with Lamar Jackson most notably. Now it helps that he was a first round pick, so he's got the big spike in salary anyway from his uh, option. Um, guys bet on themselves all the time. I I think from a a leverage standpoint, this is not the time for Howie Roseman. They're they're too good. That's probably not going to change though. So I look at the two guys most likely to sign extensions being the two sort of homegrown guys and Marcus Epps isn't technically homegrown, but uh, he feels like the Eagles are the team that gave him his chance. So I think there's some loyalty there and TJ's completely homegrown. Same thing. I think he feels a loyalty to the Eagles. I think maybe you can, it's probably not the right word, but it's what you do in negotiations. Maybe you could prey on that a little bit more than what what I call the so-called mercenaries. James Bradbury's been around for a long time. He's been through free agency. He knows how this works. He knows if he keeps playing the way he's playing, he's going to cash in. Now, maybe his age plays into that uh, a little bit. Kaiser White as well. You know, he... He's not happy with the deal he got. So he probably wants to go back on the open market. I don't know if he's going to be apt uh, to take much of a discount. Um, you know, Fletcher and Javon are interesting because I've always thought the Eagles got to choose one. And, you know, they probably want as much information as possible. Um and I, I think, you know, Howie's very close to Fletcher. I think that helps Fletcher. There's a lot of moving parts, but I don't think you can sign both of those guys. I really don't. So that, to me, would go a little bit deeper. And then Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, I think, is in that more information category as well. He's made some splash plays, but overall he hasn't played that well, and that's a difficult transition. They're hoping he gets better and better and better. Jonathan Gannon mentioned it yesterday. He's left some stuff on the table to be kind, uh, but he's made some splash plays. He's certainly improved. He's better than what they had, but I think they want more information. So I think the two most likely remain TJ Edwards and Marcus Epps. Would tend to agree on both of those two guys. Um, and if you had to choose one or the other, here's the question I would have for you. Um, we talked, probably too much about the value the league puts on a position, which I love the fact that every single general manager on the planet says, I'm not going to be dictated by what other teams do. Yeah, you are. Everybody are dictated. Yeah. You, you, you can yeah. kid yourself that you're not dictated to, but that's the way sports works these days. Comp contracts are what it's all about. Um, wh- where is the NFL at? at putting value on the linebacker position and the safety position. Is there a big difference? We know it's quarterback, it's uh, wide receivers, it's uh, pass rushers, it's tackles. Those are the positions get paid more so than the others. Comping linebacker to safety, how big a deal is that difference? Um, Neither are, you know, marquee positions which right. are now you know obviously quarterback but left tackle offensive tackle cornerback edge rusher defensive tackle um you know but safety is bigger than linebacker 
Uh, and it depends, you know, like I put edge rushers in a different category. Some people, oh, Hassan Reddick's a linebacker. No, he's not. <laughs> no, he's not. He's an edge rusher. They pay edge rushers. They don't pay linebackers. Right. Um, and, safety, ne- and neither of the Eagles linebackers is considered a pass rusher. No, Hassan Reddick is, and they paid him. Um, uh, so, you know, kind of semantics there. But edge rushers get paid. Um, all Paul linebackers don't, um, with safety kind of in between, you know, they'll pay proven guys. Um, it's interesting. Safety might be the most interesting, interesting position in the NFL. You saw it with Marcus Williams. The Eagles wanted him. He got a big payday. Um, they paid better and proven guys, but they don't value safety in the draft. They don't, they oh, we, we can't take a safety that high it's it's bizarre because they're willing to pay it's usually both uh, it seems like they're willing to pay proven veteran safeties uh but they aren't willing to you know push them up occasionally Kyle Hamilton this year um right, but, but which, very which, yeah, I was gonna say which got taken first this year was there a linebacker actually taken before Kyle Hamilton I don't think so um I don't know occasionally Devin White from was, Utah where did he go no, 20s. 20s. Yeah, nobody. The first linebacker was the kid, uh, the Georgia kid that uh, to Green Bay, I believe. Right. Uh, but but I look at him like and he was Reddick. in the and he was he was in the 20s as well. Um, so this year, but there have been linebackers in the top 10. Roquan Smith, uh, uh, the kid in Tampa Bay, Devin White was a top 10 pick. Um, so, you know, it always depends on the player. Like running back, right? We talk running back is clearly devalued. Saquon Barkley, Christian McCaffrey. It's always on the player. If if there's a just a flat out, no doubt about it player, yeah, he'll get pushed up in the top 10. I thought Kyle Hamilton would have went in the top 10 this year, but he fell a little bit out. Um, Overall, though, you know, they don't value safeties as, as much as the other position, as other positions, as young players, as rookie players, as draft picks, but they value them as veterans. So it's a little bizarre. Usually edge rushers, they value. Tackles, they value. Quarterbacks, they value. It doesn't matter. Young, old, indifferent. Safety's a little bit of a weird in-between. Right. Um, and I asked you specifically about the league in general, but if you're going, which is actually more important, directly to the Philadelphia Eagles, with the offseason that they had, yeah, they were ready to pay Marcus Williams. They had what was assumed to be a really competitive offer out there, and Baltimore just came in and blew that offer out, and he ended up signing there. So if you're just trying to read – if you got them like this and one's going to go this way, one's going to go that way, linebacker or safety, I think the Eagles value safety more than they do linebacker. And that may play to C.J. Gardner and or Marcus Epps' advantage. Um, well, the good thing is also they're not going to have to pay either of them anywhere near what Marcus Williams got. So in, in the case of Marcus and uh, T.J., they're both – and that plays into it as well. They'll both still be cost-effective from the Eagles' standpoint. Which has got the better chance to be less cost-effective? Uh, boy, neither. Uh, but 
if you're asking me who's going to make more, probably TJ by a smidge. Yeah, see, I'm not sure of that because I think the Eagles do. He's more, he's a better player. It's got he's that, that wasn't the question I asked you. I no, asked I know, you and that's more. why. If if and, but that's why I'm explaining. If it were even, or even Marcus was, uh, TJ was slightly above Marcus. Yeah, I, I know what you're saying. Safety would get more money. Um, I think TJ's going to get more money because he's a significantly better player. All right, here's one you can look up uh, during the break while we punch up Mike Gill. Where TJ Edwards ranks among little middle linebackers and where uh, Chauncey Gardner uh, ranks above, among safeties. My guess is it's going to be TJ higher, but I'd like to know the comp one between the others since we do bring in and incorporate pro football focus as rankings enough. I think it's one that's uh, worth comping. All right, we're headed down the shore next. Our pal Mike Gill from the Sports Bash 97.3 ESPN joins us on Wednesdays here on Birds 365. He's coming up next. <clears throat> Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown's five-day used car super sale. Jeff puts an end to high prices now. Five days of the best car, truck, and SUV deals ever. Over 1,000 vehicles, every make and model. Stop overpaying. See Jeff today and get a quality car, truck, or SUV now. The five-day used car super sale. Experience how easy it is to deal at Jeff's. Nobody treats you better. Nobody gives you more. Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown. GoJeffAuto.com. Score and save this football season on your car insurance. Before the next game, save up to 40% on your auto insurance policy. That's right, 40% savings. Call an Audible this season and contact the Del Val Insurance Group. They're an advocate for you, not an insurance company. That means they'll get you the right coverage and save you up to 40%. Call managing partners Fran or Jim of Del Val Insurance, 215-354-0122. Or score and save at DVIGI.com. DVIGI.com. Hi everybody, my name is Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech we offer three major services. The first one being basement waterproofing. The second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you are having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. Over the last 17 years, we've built a reputation of growing award-winning teams across the country. Staffing is not easy, but that's what we do every day, all day. The key to our success is storytelling, asking the right questions to find the right people. Hi, I'm Gary Kane, 
president of Kane Partners. We want to be your staffing partner. week Wednesday, which means we're not prepping for an upcoming Eagle game Sunday. Doesn't mean we can't be talking about them, and we'll do just that with our buddy Mike Gill from uh, 97.3 ESPN, the sports bash down the shore. Mike Gill, what are you doing on the bye week? Watching the Phillies. Yeah. How about that? 6-0 and Eagles, and they're not the story in this town. That's pretty amazing. No, I would have bet against that. Well, <laughs> This happened, I think it was 09. The Eagles weren't as good, but when the Phillies were rocking, the Eagles played the Giants and the Cowboys in back-to-back weeks, and nobody cared. Like, when does that ever happen? (laughs) But this bye week fits in perfectly with this run here. And then they play Pittsburgh, which is a team that uh, is struggling, although they just beat Tampa Bay. You know, there's not a game on the schedule that is going to get you all juiced up and excited that you're going to miss. So it kind of fits in perfectly here. Yeah, and I wouldn't say people do, people do care about the Eagles, but it is kind of perfect uh, for Philadelphia. They can take a little rest on the Eagles, and and the Phillies are making their run. Um, but it's Birds three sixty five, so we'll keep it on the Eagles, as they say, Mike Gill. The streak is over. One perfect streak is over. No player of the week. You're here every Wednesday. You usually announce it during. Your appearance, no player of the week. Chauncey yeah, Gardner-Johnson was You slipped snubbed. me to the late time spot, and that's, yeah, that's why, why he didn't win. That's why. Yep. See, see, Chauncey go. are you upset? Because I already see people are upset. Why are people upset about player of the week honors? Five in a row is amazing. Well, this is like being upset that a guy doesn't get named to the Pro Bowl team. Yeah, yeah. Right? He like how frivolous him. is the fact that somebody wins – the player of the week award. Now, Jalen Hurts wins player of the month, and that doesn't sell people, right? There's still questions about whether or not he's performing at the level that he's performed at. Yet, whoever decides these players of the whatevers decided that for the month of uh, September, he was the premier offensive player in the league. Yeah. And he was, by the way. He was. He deserved that award. Mike Gill, want to run this one by you. I'm in my car yesterday afternoon. I'm going over to the Turf Club to bet a horse by the name of Dinger, who won won at one to five at Philly Park yesterday. I know the owner, uh, uh, Mr. Zachney, and yeah, I sent him a text. Dinger graduating today. So, oh, yeah, and getting Paco Lopez is going to help. One to five. So you couldn't make any money on him. And a 99 to one shot ran second. And I didn't have the exact. So I'm like ready to kill myself. But uh, <laughs> I'm listening to Marks and Reese on the, on the drive home. And they asked a, 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 an intriguing question. So I'll ask it of you. Which is more accurate a statement right now? The Eagles are 6-0 because they're great or the rest of the NFL is not any good. You go in A or B. It's a combination of both. I mean, it re- absolutely. That's the first thing that came to mind with me. Why can't it be both? I right. firmly I mean, believe that it's both. 
Yeah, I mean, look, this team won nine games last year. Let's not forget that. Now, they won nine games because why? They beat up on a very mediocre to poor schedule. Well, here we are the next year. They have much more talent, but there's just no depth in this league, and they have a plethora of talent added to a roster that won nine games last year. This should not be a surprise now. The fact that they're 6-0, and sure, the, the flashiness of the record stands out, no question. But realistically, they added a ton to a team that won nine games last year. And people say, well, they didn't beat anybody last year. Well, they're not playing anybody this year either. So you add better players to a poor schedule, you're going to have a result of what you have now. A team that looks more complete and better than everybody else because the whole league, Jody and John, stinks well i don't want to say it stinks it's just yeah. so stink or is it just the same is it parody right because it's, it's, it's exactly always what the league wants they want yeah. people involved parody mediocrity ring supreme we want nine and eight that everybody in that last sunday is still invested in their team and that's what you're going to get i mean the nfc right now has three teams with winning records or four four teams with winning records three of them are in the nfc east the other one's right. the vikings so yeah. Yeah, there's just a lot of mediocre to bad football teams. The Eagles happen to be a step above those teams. So it well, can be I'm, both. I'm, I'm, I'm looking it up right now, Mike. So the final team in the NFC in the playoffs right now would be the Rams at 3-3. Three and three. So that means the Packers, Falcons, Seahawks are all 3-3. Three and three. They're, at, they're on the outside looking in, but obviously they have hope. Uh, teams we we think stink like the Saints, the Commanders, the Cardinals, the Bears are two and four. That means they're a game out of the playoffs. And even Detroit at one and four, Carolina at one and five is the one team. Everybody's involved. That's what they want. So if I say to you, the Eagles, other than Buffalo, who could the Eagles beat that would satiate this? this crowd of they they haven't beaten anybody they've already beaten dallas they've already beaten minnesota who else in the nfc okay when they play the giants let's see what happens in that game outside of buffalo and kansas city i think that the football fan believes in kansas city uh their record doesn't jump off the page because they have a couple of losses but outside of beating buffalo and kansas city I'm not sure, and the Eagles certainly don't have a game on their schedule that will jump off the page and say, oh, you beat that team. The only teams are Dallas, which you've beaten, Minnesota, you've beaten, and handily, by the way. You got the Giants twice coming up. And even if the Giants have a sparkling record, I don't know that anybody's going to buy you. No, nobody will believe in that. They'll say the Giants stink like I say the Giants stink. Look, and that doesn't take anything away from the Eagles. They are a tick above or two or three ticks above the rest of the conference. And I ask, you know, most of the time, are you ready to put Philadelphia in the same sentence as Buffalo and Kansas City? Because for whatever reason, guys, I feel like and maybe it's because we live in – I live in a little bit more of a transient area. You do have the Giant fan because of the casinos. You have a lot of Cowboy fans down in this region because of the casinos that think, well, the Eagles haven't beaten anybody. So if you are on the same level, are they on the same level as Buffalo and Kansas City? Maybe. I, I think so. I, here's, I, here's where I'll disagree with both of you guys. If – now this is an if. I'm giving you a hypothetical here. Six weeks from now. If the Eagles are eleven and one, and the Giants are ten and two, and that's a possibility that both of these teams could go five and one in their next six games, nobody's going to be saying, "Yeah, but the Giants." 
the Giants are a faux ten and two. When you get to ten and two, faux goes out the window. You Does can't it? do that anymore. No, I don't, I don't, I don't know, know, man. What I was Pittsburgh? Know. What did Pittsburgh race out to? Arizona yeah. was eight and zero last year, yeah, and really yeah. nobody yeah. bought them. Pittsburgh, I think, was were they ten and zero or twelve and zero or something like that before they fell off the wagon and just fell apart. Yeah, there are teams, Joe, because, I mean, you're, uh, by the way, I'll point out you, you don't believe in Daniel Jones. So you're going to be yeah, saying that the Giants Giant defense are, is impressing me. Oh, uh, well, yeah. I mean, Wink Martindale, I think Eagles fans would love Wink Martindale if he was their defensive coordinator. Yeah, I mean, they're obviously playing well. Saquon Barkley's finally healthy. We know how talented he is. I'm not saying they don't have good players, but. I don't know if anybody's going to believe in the Giants until they beat somebody in the playoffs, and even then they'll be criticizing them. Um, but from this Eagles team's perspective, Mike, and I brought this up earlier in the show, I think everybody looks at, all right, what haven't they done? Well, they immediately default to special teams. That's fair. I I was looking, I was doing my own self-scout. They are a terrible tackling team. Terrible. Uh, uh, Pro Football Focus has graded them 30th of 32. Ooh. They're tied with Cleveland, so they're, there's only one team worse in the entire NFL at tackling. Everything else, every other category, with the exception of tackling and special teams, which we know about the special teams, is top 10, basically. Most of them are top five. Any chance this comes back to bite them? They do not tackle well. And you well, still have Derrick Henry on the schedule. You still have Jonathan Taylor. You still have Saquon Barkley. Yeah, I mean, that's what bit them in the Detroit game, right? That was the first week. They and Arizona. And poorly, Arizona. right. The games that they have been kind of involved in where they've been closer games, it's been the tackling issue on the defensive side of the ball because, look, they are more inclined to say, hey, we don't think you have a guy that can beat us over the top. We'll let you catch us. But that uh, catch the ball in front. But that's predicated on making the tackle. I mean, the touchdown that Dallas scores inside the red zone there, uh, that's just a poor tackling effort. There's just no – I mean, that's just, hey, waltz right in, one-on-one, in the no effort to even make that tackle. So, yeah, if there's a – boogeyman of this defense it's not the way john gannon calls the defense it's the way that it's being executed without tackling that defense doesn't work you can't let me catch the ball in front of you if i can't tackle you if you catch it and that's the problem on those games where they've struggled it's not so much john gannon's getting you know uh, undressed here he's calling the defense they're not tackling and my question would be how do you improve because Jonathan Gannon's going to get them all together and go, now I really mean this. We need to tackle. Is that going to work? Oh, my God. Tackling. Oh, how did we not know how to tackle? They're not going to go out and have uh, killer sessions practicing and working on tackling. If they're as bad as both of you guys are saying, which I kind of agree with, how are they going to get better at it? That's a skill. That's a want, right? That's not something that's anymore. Teach that you don't teach that anymore because you can't practice. You can't hit in practice. You have to have a will and want to get up there and tackle somebody. So the Eagles' will and want is lacking. Is wanting on the defensive side? Not necessarily all the time. We've seen them perform, right? Uh, I think we all could come together and agree that that Minnesota offense is pretty good. They've oh, yeah, got a lot yeah. of playmakers. The Eagles tackled them fine, you know. So. You know, we talk about – I brought this up with the Phillies. You know, to me, I, I thought the Phillies – what's your ceiling? 
What's the ceiling? Yeah, you lose to the Cubs, and that's disappointing. You had a rough stretch. But the ceiling, if this team plays its best, the Phillies, they can win the World Series. I I thought that a month ago. They had the talent to do it. But are you playing at your ceiling at the right time? That's the same with the Eagles. If they play at their ceiling and tackle, we saw how they can dominate a good offense. You can't expect them to play at their ceiling for 17 weeks, though. That's a fairy tale. Yeah. Well, that, yeah, that nebulous standard of perfection, I was talking about that. I mean, you can't reach perfection. You, you can reach a perfect record, the 72 Dolphins did, but you can't re- You can't play a perfect game. It's not possible. Well, and we brought this up Monday, and, you know, the Eagles are scoring, but then they're kind of hitting the skids. If they kept scoring, they would do something that no one's ever done. Oh, what are you going to average, 40-plus points per game? Yeah. That's not yeah. That's not happening. So. The fact that they're scoring in bunches can be looked at two ways. Why are you scoring all these points in bunches? But you're averaging. What are they averaging a game? 24 points a game? What do you, what do you want them to average? 40 a game? Who does that in the NFL? Yeah. Um, and, you know, Nick Sirianni kind of brought that up and talked about it. And I always say, Jody, the human nature aspect, he kind of said that as well. Look, the, you know, there are times, and Jonathan Gannon mentioned it yesterday, there are times – if you're winning by two touchdowns, three touchdowns, and you give up a 12-play, 80-yard drive that takes seven minutes, that's not the worst thing in the world. Um, you're trying to get out of there with a win, um, and Eagles fans probably didn't like that. They won a 40 to nothing, as most teams do, but it's not realistic. Um, I, I, I will say with the trade deadline coming up, and I'll throw this at you, Mike. I don't want to mess with this team. I don't want to mess with this team. I, you know, it's become a cliche. I say it all the time, and I get tired of Nick Sirianni with the connect this connect connection. Uh, we're so close, manly, blah blah blah. But it's true. I don't want you and I talked about Deshaun Jackson yesterday, um, and luckily he signed with the Ravens. And I told you, um, I don't want him on this team would he be a better punt returner than Britton Covey of course but I know Deshaun Deshaun isn't going to be happy being a punt returner he thinks he's Deshaun Jackson of 25 26 he thinks he can still play at a high level I don't want to mess with that chemistry am I overreacting to that when you talk about the trade. No, and, you know, we had the conversation on my show yesterday, and then afterwards, you know, I had asking people, is, you know, is John right? You said, you know, don't touch the team. What are you going to add to this team? If you brought in Brian Burns, how many snaps is he getting? Who's losing snaps? Brandon Graham, Josh Sweat. Who's losing snaps to somebody of that caliber? It's great to have someone. It's like those Celtics teams from a couple of years ago. They had nine, ten deep guys, but they couldn't figure out where to get all these guys' minutes, and it ended up being a clunky mess towards the end. Sometimes you can have too many talented players. It sounds great for the fans. We got this guy and this guy and this guy until you have to decide, how am I getting them on the field? How many snaps am I getting, said caliber of player? They can't get Jordan Davis on the field as much as fans want. People want Kobe Dean out there. He can't get on the field. So if you're bringing in a trade, Who's sitting? Who's getting replaced? Here's where I think those who are questioning the Eagles can at least take a stand on questioning a 6-0 team. Your first impression should be, wait a minute, 
You're questioning a six and O team. Yeah, we are. Um, the Eagles have not played a 60 minute game yet. They have not played a game where they've been uh, the better team on one side of the ball or the other for all four quarters. They haven't done that. The bills have. So there's another team in the NFL that has had that dominating win, did it throughout the entire game. The Eagles are six and oh, and the bills are only five and one, but the Eagles have not had a 60 minute game yet. And I think it's fair to say we're asking for one to say we need 60 minutes every single week is uh, just ridiculous. It can't happen. It's unrealistic, but you can ask for one. So I think you Eagle can, fans are within their rights there. I think it, it, you're, you're well within your rights to hope to see a complete game and get that dominating win somewhere. You know, in 17, they had that win when they played Denver and just waxed them. And Denver came in with this, you know, they had the best defense in the league. And that was kind of that statement. I think the Eagles fans are waiting for that statement of belief. When they beat Denver and scored, I think it was 51, that was that feeling of, okay, we can buy in and believe that this team can do something. But what good is it to play your most complete best game in September and October? I don't mind saving that best game. Again, I go back to everybody watching. What's the ceiling? If you believe the ceiling is higher, that they can still get farther, you don't want them to hit that ceiling in October, do you? And then say, well, what happened to that game when they scored 48 against Pittsburgh? I'm okay scoring 26 against Pittsburgh if that means I have a 45-point game somewhere down the road. And I think all of us watching and consuming Birds 365 right now believe that this team can put up a 40-burger on somebody. You're just waiting for the right time. I'm, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to disagree with, with Jody's premise there. Okay. Their, their game, it, it was early. It was week two. I, didn't, I don't think anybody knew what Philadelphia was or what Minnesota was, but at least through six weeks, one team is 6-0, and one team is 5-1. and The Eagles completely, completely dominated that game from start to finish, you could argue. You know, were there hiccups? Yeah, the block kick. Um, but, you know, I've been... I told Jody I've been doing my self-scout during the week. Now, if you look at Minnesota and their PFF grades, they're all good at Green Bay, Detroit, New Orleans, Chicago, Miami. They're all good. Against the Eagles, you got a bunch of yellow and, and reds, which is bad. They were completely, completely dominated by the Eagles, and right now they're the second-best team in the NFC. Why isn't that a signature game? Well, and I agree. And here, keep this in mind, too. Are the Eagles not a byproduct of the style they play? If you're going on a 17-play drive, you're eating up a lot of clock, which takes away possessions for you to score more, right? I mean, I can't get the big 45-yard touchdown if I'm grinding it out for 17 plays in 10 minutes. I'm chewing 10 minutes a clock. That's, some teams use 10 minutes to score two a couple of times. Oh, so yeah. the nature of them – running the ball the way they do. They'll eat up a whole quarter that way to score a touchdown. It takes the ball away from the other team. It just eliminates your chances to score multiple times. So, you know, keep that in mind too. The nature of how the Eagles grind games out probably net takes away some of the, you know, the explosion possibilities in their offense. They're not breaking that big 50 yard run. It seems so far this season, they're kind of getting these eights and tens and fives and fours and just keeping that clock rolling. So John, let me get this right. The game against the Vikings where they scored zero points in the second half, you're considering that a 60 minute game. 
I'm I'm not I'm considering it a signature win. Um, you know, when I look at all right, you know, Philadelphia's the best team, Buffalo's second, Kansas City's third, Minnesota's fourth, uh, according to PFF. They completely dominated that game. They completely, completely dominated that game. They also dominated Washington, but nobody cares about Washington because Washington stinks. They stifled. They were both stifling wins. How many teams? So it depends what your adjective. Did they play 60 minutes? No. I talk about the lulls all the time, the human nature aspect. When you completely dominate a team, yeah, you kind of get, you know what? Right. right well, here's where I'm going to disagree with you. I don't know that you can say you completely dominated a team when you scored zero points in the second half. Well, that would I mean, be a disqualifier for me. If we're looking at, you're asking me what my definition is of completely dominate a team in a game. If you don't score any points in the second half, that's not a complete domination. To be fair, though, in that game, there to say a complete 60-minute game, is it both offense and defense have yes. to be complete? Because they they did intercept three passes in the second yeah. half. Oh, no, the defense. Defense completely dominated. Right. And that, then they that, a, that outside they off on, they held a good offense in check. One of the better offenses in the NFL for all 60 minutes. Yes, defense gets the check mark. Offense gets a half a check mark. Yeah, I mean, they had a field goal blocked. If they made a field goal and scored three points from 41 yards out, I mean, I don't know. But, yeah, their offense has for whatever reason. But if you go back to that game, even with that, they had an 11-play drive where the field goal got blocked. They had an 8-play drive. They had a 7-play drive. So they yeah. shut up the clock. I mean, yeah, I, I guess it, it always depends on people's definitions, and they can have different definitions. But they played six games. They completely dominated two of them, um, and that would be Minnesota and Washington uh, back-to-back. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know what people are looking for. I, I mean, they're as I said, they're they're the number one team in the NFL. If you look at the film, they have the number three offense, the number four defense, the number two scoring differential. What what more do people want? I I mean, it can't get better. Here's where say it again. Apparently, you don't accept it, which is your want. If you want, they scored zero points against Washington in the second half. It doesn't get the check mark. You can't go an entire half but, against but, a uh, mediocre right. defense at best and say, oh, complete game, 60 minutes. Not for me. Uh, maybe well, I'm I a harder say, grader than I, you are. I use the term stifling domination. Again, it depends on your definition. Here's here's where I'll go. Here's where I'll go with both of you guys. It, I think it's more likely that everyone's saying the Eagles, if they play a complete game, I'll use Jody's definition. How good could they possibly, if they put it together for four quarters? I think it's more likely post-buy they play closer to the mean, less dominant than more dominant, just because it's tough to be more dominant than they are right now. How many teams can you point to that finish top five in both offense, defense, two in scoring differential, one in film study? How much better can it realistically get is my, my question. So for people looking for better, is that realistic? Yeah, I well, think I absolutely think so. 
Well, it can't be better. It, it, they're, they're averaging. Well, I guess you could be one, 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 one. No, I'm talking about <laughs> the ability to balance out an entire game over 60 minutes. I think there's something to be said to be part of what the, 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 the stats that you're quoting, John, are compiled at the end of the game. And if one half, you're so well off the charts, you can be okay and mediocre in the second half, and you're still one of the best in the NFL. I'd rather see at least I want to see one game. Just one game, so I know they're capable of doing it from kickoff, or I should say deferral, uh, to do you not think to, Joe to the entire do game? To, do you have to see it or do you and do you not believe they can? Until I see it, I, I can't guarantee it. All right. Um I and I'd have to look this up, but in in my lifetime, the best football team I ever saw was the nineteen uh what was it? 85 bears. Um, most dominant football team I've ever <coughs> seen. I'm, I'm, I'll try to look it up in a break. I'm pretty sure they weren't three. <laughs> they were number one in defense. I know that. Yeah. Uh, I'm pretty sure they weren't top five in offense. They're probably top five in scoring offense. Um, I'll you know, tell you number- the team that was the best in your lifetime, my lifetime. Gil's a little younger than us, but probably his lifetime as well was those early 90 Cowboys with Uh, all those Hall of Famers. They just beat the snot out of you on offense. Jimmy Johnson, we got five plays. Go ahead and try and stop us. And nobody could. And they had Hall of Famers on defense, too. Those early 90 Jimmy Johnson coach Cowboy teams are the best teams that I've seen in the last 30 years. The best individual team to me is still the 85 Bears. But you're right. 85 Bears, by the way, averaged. 28 and a half points a game. They were second yeah. out of 28. Yeah, they, they were they were dominant. Uh, the Cowboys were dominant for a longer period of time. You know, but the, the, as good as their defense was at times, it wasn't as good as the offense. The offense kind of ran that team um, with the yeah, offensive same as, line. Same as comparing the Bears to the – you might yeah. just give us a stat. But that's what I'm saying. in the league in scoring. It but that's great. my point, um, Jody. Uh, that's my this. point. It's tough to be top five in both. It's tough. It 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 it's, it it rarely happens. It does happen. It rarely happens, and that's why the standard that not only Jody McDonald is expounded, but Jalen Hurts and and Nick Sirianni talk about this nebulous nebulous standard. We're not up to our standard. But We're yeah, not up to me, our standard. Both, Just stay both, at this standard. If both they of you, stay at both, this standard, both of you guys, you're. It, it seems to me you're dismissing this. The Eagles are averaging over 21 points per first half this year. They're number one in the league by a lot. They're averaging less than six points in the second half. They're 31st in scoring in the second half. Can you not look at that and go, whoa, that doesn't make sense. Why would you be so much better in the first and not as good in the second half and not say that that is something that you should at least be investigating and trying to figure out? Well, well it would be something it would be something if their defense was a problem. It's not. So far they're only giving up 17 a game. They score 27. So the necessity for them to score hasn't been there. Your your concern is valid. If they need to, can they? I would suggest, yeah, we've seen evidence we've that we've already seen it. Before. We've right. already and seen the four minutes drive. They have taken their foot off the gas and then put it back down on the pedal when needed. But their defense is – that's the point. A lot of people don't look at this defense as a quote-unquote dominating defense. You know, I used to host a show with Darwin Walker, and he used to say all the time, 
Jim Johnson told us, I don't care how many yards we give up. I don't care how many big plays they get. As long as it's between the 20 and the 20, 17 points is the number. You get 17 points, that's on the offense if we don't win the game. That's where this team is. It doesn't matter how they look, how they get there. They're only giving up 17 points a game, and they're scoring almost 27. That's a pretty dominating performance for a team, gentlemen, who hasn't reached their ceiling yet. I think we can all agree on that. Yeah. Well, if that that that's my only point. If they stay at this standard through 17 games in the playoffs, they're going to win the Super Bowl if they stay at this standard. Um, but to Jody's point, and so this you is... you think they beat the Bills on a neutral field? I, I think they beat the Bills if they you play at this standard. You just told me earlier today that the Bills would be a three-and-a-half-point choice. Be, because I don't, I, I think the Bills are a better team, and I don't think the Eagles are going to stay at this standard. I said if the Eagles stay at this standard that they've been playing through the first what six weeks. What makes you think the Bills wouldn't stay at the standard they've been playing? I think if the Eagles play at this standard for 17 games, they will win everything. Well, that's I don't think they can. That's my it, point, Joe. Again, John, I'll ask a question. You believe the Bills are going to fall off. You, you're, you're theorizing the Eagles will stay at this standard, which is a reach, I get it, for 17 games, but you're... No, I'm theorizing suggest- that the Eagles can't stay at this standard and can't be as consistent as the Bills, who have the better quarterback and uh, the more explosive team. That's my theory. But getting to the larger point, I want to get to... In the second half, they've proven with the four-minute drive, the four-minute offense in Detroit. They had the long drive in Arizona in the second half in the fourth quarter. They had the long drive against the Cowboys. You've seen them have success in in, in the fourth quarter. I'll also bring up, everybody talks about the second quarter, and I brought this up earlier in the week. Their first drive against Dallas was a 15-play, 80-yard drive. 14 of those plays were in the first quarter. They scored on the first play of the second quarter, so they scored seven points in the second quarter. Why does that matter? Yeah, that's why I said the derivation between first half, second half. The in-quarter thing can get into a gray area. Uh, to, to cite the example you just cited, yeah, that's a whole lot of first quarter production, yeah. but the payoff's in the second. Halftime's halftime. Yeah. There's a there's a true derivation there. You go in your locker room, you get something to drink, you get coached up a little bit, and you come back out onto the field. That, I think, is a more realistic look and say, why are we better in one half than the other half? Well, and keep in mind, we're going talking about if they played Buffalo on neutral site, New England was favored to win the Super Bowl and yeah. Philadelphia beat them. I mean, regardless of what your resume looks like, it's what happens on that particular day, no matter how you get there. The two games that Philly won to get to that Super Bowl, they dominated defensively. You know, they dominated the Falcons. They dominated the Vikings in that game. And then their defense was horrible against the Vikings, uh, the Patriots, Patriots yeah. until they needed a play. So, again, it goes back to, what is your ceiling? Do you have playmakers? Do you have somebody when needed the most? Last year, on third down and seven, they couldn't convert because they didn't have A.J. Brown. Now, if my back's to the wall and I'm struggling offensively, I only have 13 points, but the score is 13-10 and I need a first down, well, I have A.J. Brown. I didn't have that guy last year. On defense, if my defense is struggling and we've given up 38 and it's third down and seven and I need a sack, well, now I've got Hassan Reddick. I got Brandon Graham. 
I didn't have Brandon Graham last year. I couldn't get that sack in that moment. It's Do you have the ceiling on the day that the game happens in the style of the game? Look at the game in Buffalo, Kansas City on Sunday. They played six months ago. It was 42-38. Yeah. Everybody, that bothered me. 24-20. That, that bothered me. The whole league overreacted to that game. And like, if you listen that was to my the podcast, believe in the bet, I told you to take the under in that game. That yeah. was an easy bet for me. Yeah, yeah. That like that was the consistent standard of Buffalo and Kansas City. It, it was absurd the way the league reacted to that game. Well, we we as a sports society, whatever happens in these games, we want to compartmentalize them and take them yeah. out and say that's who you are for every single game. Yeah, every yeah. game is, is is its own individual day matchups. You know, I was talking to the guy yesterday. I said, you don't know when you play on a Sunday. What happened the night or the week leading up? Did this guy's kid get sick and he was up all night taking care of his kid? Did his wife get sick? He had to drive his kid to school and that knocked his routine out. We don't know what happens in the weeks leading up to these games that change the complexion of what we watch on a given Sunday. Every Sunday, if we haven't learned that by now, is completely different in this league. MG, we know you'll be on the air on 97.3 ESPN uh, Sports Bash later on this afternoon. Have a good time then. We had a good time talking to you here. Thanks, bud. Thanks, All Mike. Right, we'll see you. Mike Gill here with us on Birds 365. All right, quickie timeout. we got to come back, put a go on the, uh, ball on the show. Running out of time here on Birds 365. The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement, but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. It's the team you trust to bring it all together. The stories that impact your community. A sports roundup for the locals. And the AccuWeather forecast you depend on. Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit. And the hits. Go for the stakes. And the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Since 1977 at Rafferty Subaru, we have always been about our customers and the community. Early on, a safe and durable option, we've evolved to become the best overall brand according to Kelly Blue Book. Over the last 14 years, we've donated thousands of dollars through the Subaru Share the Love event and found homes for hundreds of pets. The Rafferty family is proud of our 45 years in business. This month, celebrate our anniversary with special financing on select models. Visit us and see why. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. 
right, time to put a bow on the show here on Birds 365. J-Mac, it's a walk-through Wednesday. You gonna get yeah, that? walking uh-huh. through, baby. No uh, no practice. Uh, yeah, are, I don't know what to do. Are you going to go out and take myself. a walk around the block just to oh, yeah. stay? I got uh, I got to do prep. that to uh, keep up for the season, but I do that every day anyway. By the way, Ben, I got to. I got to criticize myself here, Jody. Bad uh, example, the 85 Bears, because they were number one on defense and number two on offense. So they were that good. They were that good. But they were they were much better on defense. I, whatever the rankings were, yeah. the defense made it so much easier. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No the defense. Yeah, that. the defense was the great. What but was, I didn't know was, the offense. What was, was Jim McMahon ranked as the quarterback in the NFL? I don't know, right? but they were second to, and they got a lot of yards, too. Uh, they were, yeah. Now, remember, they have Walter Payton as well in this prime. So, you know, maybe the greatest uh, running back of all exactly. time, certainly in the conversation, but. They were. I didn't realize how good they were offensively. They were, they were good offensively as well. We all know how good that defense was. My I think God. they. I think if I remember correctly, a lot of short fields. Um, well, but that's but but the, 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 the other team to go through, uh, three and out, uh, way too many possessions. Yeah, no doubt about it. But you know, San Diego was number one. They had. 6,535 yards. Remember that San Diego offense. Uh, Chicago was number two, um, 5,830. So they were pretty good as well. So it was interesting. They were they were better than I thought. And they got to do a dance that uh, still to this day yeah. gets some uh, pub, the Super Bowl shuffle. All right, partner. Uh, I say we do this again in uh, 22 hours. You in for it? Uh, I'm in. Let's do it. Johnny Mac, Jody Mac, back in two and two. You've been listening to Birds 365, the destination for the passionate Eagles football fan who bleeds green. If it's Eagles football, we're talking about it. Debate inside the locker room and guests that are some of the greatest football minds from around the region. We hope you enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on social media at Jacob Sports. See you next time on Birds 365. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger. For the ones who get it done.